You know you're welcome in God's house, right? And you know it's not, you know, you know you're not welcome here because we said so. We say so because he said so. You understand the difference, right? You're not welcome here because, you know, oh, there's some nice people on that stage. We don't have a choice. He said so. Because we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all messed up. We've all made mistakes. We've all sinned. Those of us who have given our lives to Christ, we're not sinners, but we still sin sometimes. We've all messed up. And I don't know which person this is for, but someone in here today feels like a hypocrite standing in church. And can I tell you, if you're a hypocrite for being in church, I'm a hypocrite for standing on this stage. If you're a hypocrite for walking through those doors, we're all hypocrites for walking through those doors. None of us would be righteous without the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on that cross. None of us. Every single one of us needs Him. Every single one of us None of us would be able to tick that righteous box if not for his sacrifice on the cross. In fact, you know what? Before we do anything else, I want to give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ right now. You need to know this. Normally I do this at the end, but I feel like the Spirit of God wants us to do this right now because somebody already in this room is feeling like you need to get right with God. Feeling like you need to give your life to Christ. I'm going to preach a sermon in a minute. But right now, before I even preach that, let's talk to people who are away from God. If you're away from God, maybe you've never, ever had a friendship with God. Maybe you've walked away from Him. Maybe you thought that He abandoned you because you messed up. He didn't. The devil lied to you. The devil's a liar. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy he lied to you. He made you think that God walked away from you so you'd leave home. Listen to me. You're welcome in his house. And right now, I want you to pray a prayer with me. Scripture says that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, that you will be saved. So I want to pray a prayer with you right now. And we're going to do just that. I want to say it out loud. I want you to repeat it after me. Believe it in your heart. Say it with your mouth. And Scripture says you will be saved. Listen, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So you may be sitting in here feeling like a hypocrite or feeling ashamed or whatever else. Well, I'm telling you, let's just pray this prayer right now. Get right with God. You are not a hypocrite and this shame will, this shame will not carry on into the sermon. It'll die right now. Amen. Amen. I just believe that God's going to do a miracle right now. Everybody in the room, would you pray this with me? On the band, in the room, outside, online, everybody pray with me right now because I believe... I believe that this is the most important thing we ever do in church every week. All right, everybody, repeat after me, and especially those away from God. Dear God, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died on the cross for my sin, and He rose again to give me life, hope, joy, peace, and eternal life. I receive all that. I receive this new life with you as my Lord, and my Savior, and I receive your forgiveness for my sin. And I ask for your help to leave my sin behind, the pain and shame of it too, and help me to live this new life the way you designed it, that I would be able to live in your favor and blessing, and your goodness would follow me all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, praise God up in here. Hallelujah. Now, I want to pray for you before we do anything else. Before I get on with my sermon, anything else, I want to pray for you if you prayed that prayer. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or for the first time in a long time, there's a couple of things we want you to do. Number one, I want you to text the word SAVED to the number 25827 uh, or go to myeternity.com forward slash SAVED. Uh, we, want you, we want you to text that number because we're going to send you a gift in the mail this week. We're going to send you a Bible and a worship CD. Listen to me, you're a Christian now. It's not debatable. You prayed that prayer, you believed it in your heart, you're a Christian now. You're a child of God. You are not what you did. You're not the sum of your past mistakes. You are a son. You are a daughter of the Most High God and He's got good plans for your life. And they are in the book. And so you need to read the book. Amen. 
And so text that number so we can send you that gift. The second thing I want you to do is lift up your hand when I count to three so I can pray for you right now. If everyone could close their eyes and bow their heads in this room. Front, back, right, left, give people privacy. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or for the first time in a long time and you gave your life to Christ and you want me to pray for you now, I'm not going to tell everyone who you are or where you're standing, but I want you to lift up your hand on the count of three. One, two, three, shoot it up right now. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. That's six, seven, eight, anybody else? Just say, oh, I didn't see you, my friend. Nine, God bless you. Anybody else? You can put your hands down. Come on, let's pray for those nine people. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your Holy Spirit is here to move in our lives. That you didn't just create us and leave us. But as your word says, you'll never leave us or forsake us. And I thank you that even before I have got up and preached that God, you have worked on people's hearts. And I pray for those nine people, God, that if they were carrying shame, if the devil had lied to them, if they felt like a hypocrite, if, if they felt like they, they don't deserve your grace, look, God, I pray that you would break the lies of the enemy off their lives right now. And that the shame that they felt even 30 seconds ago would be gone in the name of Jesus. That they would enter into this moment, sit under your word, righteous, sanctified, holy, set apart, child of God. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would bless them. And that as I preach your word, that they would understand your great love for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. That's how we start the word, amen. Awesome. Y'all excited to, for the word now? Man, God is doing something in this place this weekend. Last night was unreal. All right, bye, Ben. Um, last night was unreal. It was a great night in church, and uh, I'm excited about what God's going to do uh, moving forward. You may sit down. I'm going to have you stand back up in a couple of minutes as I, uh, when I... Um, when I read the Word, I've got this neat little uh, bookmark in my Bible that I found on the floor of church earlier. So if it's yours, I didn't steal it from you. You left it on the floor, and you can have it afterwards. And, um, <clears throat> but, uh, but hey, uh, just a couple of announcements before I get on with the Word today. Uh, who enjoyed having Daryl Strawberry last weekend? Wasn't that awesome? You know, we saw 62 people give their lives to Christ last weekend alone. Come on, isn't God good? Last month, uh, oh, by the way, welcome to church. If you're new, my name is Jesse. Uh, I'm the lead pastor here at Eternity Church. We love you. We're glad that you're here. And we have a gift for you out in the lobby. So before you leave, please go to the Connection Lounge in the lobby out there, immediately to your right when you walk out these doors. We've got a gift for every single new person today. And uh, we just love to bless people. We love to be generous. So please do that. Um, but yeah, let me just sum up. Last month, uh, we actually just finished a sermon series called Hot Topics. Uh, we talked about abortion. Is abortion sin? Uh, we talked about death. What happens when we die? Do we need to fear it or not? Um, we talked about marriage and homosexuality. We talked about gender and gender dysphoria. Um, and I want to encourage you, if you're new, to go and listen to those sermons and you will know right away whether you want to come back to Eternity Church, all right? <laughs> You will be like, well, I am for sure coming back to this place. Or you'll be like, no. And if you're like, no, then you need to meet with God. And, um, but no, seriously, uh, go and watch those. That'd be great. Uh, know that we, we hit some hard truths, um, but they overflow with the grace and love of God. Amen. And uh, so please go get those. If you did get those, please share them with your friends and family. Uh, let's get the word out. Let, let, we want to see people find freedom. And freedom comes when the truth is preached. Amen. And, uh, but right now, we're heading into big November. Like I said, we kicked that off last weekend with Daryl Strawberry, and uh, that was phenomenal. If you've never been to Eternity Church in November, big November is mostly about living a generous life and being a generous church, and, and we celebrate a lot of big things, and we had our first ever men's event. We had Daryl Strawberry. Like I said, we saw 62-something people saved. We have child dedications. We have a baptism service. We've got a lot of fun giveaways. We've got Compassion International 
phenomenal out there in the lobby for every service this weekend. Uh, you can sponsor a child, uh, sorry, every service this month. You can sponsor a child this year. We do that every November as well. And, uh, and, and so a lot of cool things going on. And we also take up our miracle offering at the end of the month. So that's not next week, but the week after that. And, uh, and we'll talk to you a little bit more about that in a minute. But first, I want to tell you this. I really do believe with all my heart that every family needs to sponsor a child. All right. So let me get that. Now, they don't, they, they don't sponsor us. Sometimes you'll find that, you know, World Vision or whatever other or Compassion might sponsor an event. Uh, they don't sponsor us. We get nothing out of it. We just believe with all of our heart that you need to be generous in this room and you need to be generous out in Clive, out in Des Moines, and you need to be generous in Guatemala and every other place around the world. Amen. And, uh, and so I believe that you need to sponsor a child. Um, if you need a word from God, this is it. Sponsor a child. I'm not even joking. I believe that that's the word from God for every one of you. You need to sponsor a child, okay? If you don't do it, let's do it. Um, uh, so I, I, I'm really hoping to see another 50 kids sponsored this year at Eternity Church. Another 50 kids sponsored. So, um, so let's take care of that right after the service. But first, I want to show you a quick video from Compassion International up on the screen there. Cheers. All those years ago, just catching them up on, uh, on who you are today. Dear Brian and Amy Clark, it has been 21 years since I graduated from the Compassion Center. The day I found out that you had become my sponsor was one of the best days of my life. At first, it was unbelievable that somebody wanted to help us. People told us that we will never be somebody in this life. Not one person I knew believed in me and poverty was my forever reality. But your decision to sponsor me changed all that. We knew for sure we will be receiving practical benefits like food, medical care, school supplies, and new uniforms every year. I got my first ever gift, which was my first pair of shoes. But there were some things we didn't expect. Learning about Jesus changed my perspective and helped me make good decisions. Or see my church reach out to my community and see it change. In your first letter, you told me the phrase, we love you. It was the first time I ever heard that. You gave me an opportunity to believe, hope, and dream again. If only you knew how your prayers made a huge difference. From not being expected to complete primary school, I now teach in one of the best schools in inner city London. Jesus saved us and saved my dad. I want you to know it made a difference. Sponsorship changed who I am today. My family's life has changed for the better. If only you knew how much all you did impacted me, you'd be so proud of who I have become. Ten years ago, when you stood beside me as the best man in my wedding, it was one of the highlights of my life. You did it, Jan. We did it. Thank you for pouring into me and sponsoring me. Thank you. Thank you. Sincerely, Maria Momojara. Sincerely, Owen Getanga. Sincerely, Liz Riera. With love, Sandy Mike. Come on, isn't it good to know that, yeah, come on. Praise God for the transformed lives. You know, when you sponsor a child, you're transforming lives, not just for a couple of weeks, not just uh, until they're out of high school, but you're transforming a whole generation of young people's lives. And I believe, like I said, with all my heart, that every one of you is called by God to sponsor a child. We don't want to be the church that just tithes, right? We want to tithe and be generous out there. One, one of the things I hate the most is when you see those people online and they like, um, and they like leave a tip for their waiter saying, I give God 10%, why do you deserve more? Have you seen that before? I'm like, you know what, keep your 10% because your heart is wrong, right? Like we want to be generous in here and out there, amen? So let me share with you real quick before I get on with my word, what we're doing with our miracle offering this week, uh, this year. We're taking that up, our Heart for the House miracle offering uh, will be not next week, but the week after that. And uh, if you're new, we don't normally talk about having a great big extra offering, but that's what we do in November. Uh, we're raising money for three things, all right? 
We're raising money for our skate park out the front, not that piece of land. Next year, we're going to talk to you about, um, about what we're doing in that bit of land out the front there. We're looking at building a new building out there and giving this one to the youth ministry. But we'll talk about that next year to you, all right? Um, the little teaser for you there, all right? Because the rumors are starting to get out there. And so we want you to know about that. We're going to build a whole new building. It's going to be amazing. But, um, but we'll talk about that next year. Um, but what we're doing on that southeast corner of the land is we want to designate that entire acre or two for community outreach, right? So we've already raised $70,000. I believe we have seventy, nearly $80,000 actually, I believe, um, out for a skate park in that corner. Turns out it's going to cost about $150-ish thousand dollars. So we're going to build that out there. We want to raise that extra in, in our miracle offering this year. We're hoping to be able to seal that deal and maybe... Maybe if we get enough this year, it may have to wait, but maybe if we get enough this year, we will be able to break ground on that next year, all right, and and have a skate park out there for the community. Why would we do that? Well, last year we learned that young people don't have a lot to do outside. They're stuck online all day, every day. Let's get them outside on a skate park uh, where we will install speakers blasting Jesus music at them all day, every day, midnight, midday, all right? We're going to blast the name of Jesus on everyone skating out there. We'll all, our plan is eventually as well to have a barbecue area um, and also a, a, a kid's playground out there. Just an incredible place for the families of the western suburbs or if they want to come from the south or the east or the north, whatever. But just a great place out west, family-oriented, safe place for kids to come and spend time together. Sound good? The other thing that we're wanting to do with our miracle offering this year is we're hoping to get close to another $100,000 on top of that for our, uh, to help us launch campuses. We're launching three campuses in the next um, six to 12 months, and we're hoping to be able to put another $100,000 towards that. So as you're giving the miracle offering, you're also making sure that we, you're also helping us start these campuses with a firm foundation, making sure that the Word of God can be preached in a healthy, vibrant church in every community in Iowa. Amen. That's our goal, that, that no matter where you live in Iowa, that within 10 years, no matter where you live in Iowa, there is an eternity church. There's a healthy, vibrant church preaching the Word of God, preaching the truth of God somewhere near you. And so, you, so, we're, we, we're, uh, so that's a big part of our miracle offering this year. And also, like every year, we'll give, we'll give more money to our church plant in Guatemala City um, and, and also to missionaries all over the world. And another very important thing we do, particularly as next year we're embarking on some pretty big adventures, um, is uh, that we're gonna, we need to make sure that the church, like we say every year, need to make sure the church ends the year financially strong and starts 2022 in a financially stable, strong position. And we want you to help us. We, if you have a heart for this house, we want you to help and sow into that as well. Does that sound good? <clears throat> anyway, we'll preach more on that at, at another point. But, um, but today I want to I preach my first sermon in our big November series this year. And I feel like that the word that the Lord gave for all of us, is that we need to be bolder, all right? Bolder. We need to be bolder in our faith, say amen. I'm going to go to Joshua chapter 1. You may stand up with me, please, as I read the Word of God. And, um, and remember, we, this is a hollaback church, so make sure you yell at me. Y'all awake? Come on, that's good. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, uh, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all the people into the land that I am giving them. To the people of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised Moses from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun. It shall be your territory. Now, I'm, I'm going to talk about that next year too, because I believe that God told us to look east, look west. West, look north, look south. He's given it to us all. Amen. But no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, Joshua. Just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. Someone say, I will be with you. 
I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. So be strong, be courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do all, do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded. Do not turn from it to the right. Do not turn from it to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so you shall be careful to do according to all that is written in it for then you will for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success have I not commanded you have I not commanded you be strong and courageous do not be frightened do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you help us to to dive into this passage and pull out all that you want us to leave with today. God, we don't want to read into it our ideas. We want to pull out of it the, the Word of God, the truth that you would have us understand today, that we would leave this place in, in, in a firmer position, Lord God, with a stronger faith, ready to do all that you've called us to do. In the name of Jesus, somebody say, Amen. Amen. Come on, would you turn to your neighbor and say, be bold. Turn to the neighbor on your left and say, wake up. Wake up. Come on. Turn to the neighbor on your right and say, get loud. Come on. Y'all awake, ready for the word now. Come on. You know, I love that every week at Eternity Church, we see souls saved and already in this service nine again. I love that none of you have been to an eternity church service where somebody didn't get saved. Come on. I know it. I love it. It's unreal. God is good. Amen. Every week. And this year, it's got to be some sort of record. It's been amazing. Have you just been blown away by how many people have given their lives to Christ this year? Right? Every single week, right? It's been phenomenal, constant, like a river. Amen. And, uh, but you know what? Every week, I'm just praying, Lord, I want to see more. You know, God, I want to see more. I want to see more people come to know how good you are and know your plans for their lives, that your plans are good, that your plans bring peace, that your plans bring joy, that your plans bring favor, amen. I want to see them discover the freedom uh, that comes when they embrace the truth, the truth of God's plans for their lives and this planet and, and, and church. I want to see more of that, yeah? Anyone else want to see more souls saved? Good, good, good. You should be excited about seeing more souls saved. You know, it's so easy. You know, if we were one of those churches where, where, where one person gets saved every eight years and they get saved, you would just be back flipping your way out the door afterwards. You'd be like, would you believe it? Somebody gave their lives to Christ, right? But sometimes we can get a little familiar, right? Oh, we're used to this. Listen, I want more. I want more. That one more might come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Amen. Do you want more, church? I love the stories of families on the brink of divorce that come to eternity and they find strength in their relationship with God that has sustained them through hard times, even through infidelity and separation. I love hearing those stories. Not only unsaved people, but saved people on the brink of divorce. They come here and they find that there is hope. Amen. And they find that, that, that in the Word of God, they can find hope and strength and joy to live the way God called them to live. And it blesses their families and it blesses my heart when I hear them. Stories of God's unending uh, power to change lives. I want to see more families restored. The devil hates family, and I want to see more families restored. Amen. Anybody else? I love that when the truth of God's word is preached, people are set free from addiction, confusion, from the lies and the labels of the enemy. I've even had the privilege over the last month to hear from men and women who have lived with same-sex attraction say they found strength in God's word last month. As the word of God was preached in truth and grace, they found strength and they're now pursuing God's plans for their lives above their own desires. Stories of people who decided that no matter what these desires in my heart 
heart might try to convince me of. I'm going to pursue God's plan. I'm going to pursue God's design. And they tell me they have never felt stronger in their lives than now that they're pursuing God's plan. Because every desire that comes from the enemy is a lie. And it doesn't fulfill. And it doesn't make people find hope. It it, it robs them. It kills them. It strangles the plans of God on their lives. But these people have never felt more fulfilled than they do now. I want to see more of that. Anybody else? You're like, be careful. I know it's called be bold, but I don't want to amen that one. I'm a bit scared, you know. Someone might know. Listen, I want more of that. I don't want people living in counterfeit lives, living up to the lies of the enemy. I want more of that. Stories of women who carried shame from past abortions being set free in the presence of God. No longer trying to justify the choice that they made, but accepting that abortion is sin, but also discovering that God's grace covers their sin like he covered your gossip. And that God looks at the woman who's had an abortion like he looks at the woman who committed adultery, like he looks at the man who's gossiping down on the ground and says, I'm not throwing any stones, but get up. Let's not do that anymore. I'm loving those stories. Do you want to see more of that, church? found freedom because the truth was preached. People told me how they overcome debilitating fears of death last month, crippling fear of death, that everywhere they went, they're afraid they're going to die. Church, I want to see more of that. People talking about how sweet it is to worship God at Eternity Church. Listen, even last weekend, Daryl Strawberry, as he was leaving, we were at the airport. He said this is one of, the mo- one of the most amazing, one of the best worship environments he's ever been in his entire life. Why did he say that? He said it's obvious that the people in this house want the truth, chase the truth, are seeking the truth, and they pull it out of the preacher. And that's why the presence of God is so sweet in this place because they worship in spirit and in truth. They're, they're in God's presence saying, not, not saying I want to transform God into my image, but, but we're in God's presence saying, God, we open up our hearts and we want you to transform us into your image in the name of Jesus. And I want more. Do you want more? I want more. Families restored. More people set free from shame and the pain of past sin. More people finding clarity where the world's trying to confuse. More souls saved. More believers experiencing real life in the name of Jesus Christ. I want to see more. Do you want to see more? You want to see more salvation and transformation? Or do we just want to see people pray a prayer and then on your way, mate, get on your bike, out you go. No, I want to see people find salvation and experience transformation in the name of Jesus. Because I know that everything the enemy offers them is counterfeit, it's a lie, and it will rob them. I want to see transformation, amen? If you want to see that, you got to stay bold. you got to stay bold. These things don't happen in a timid church. I'm not naming and shaming any church. There's a lot of great churches, right? But I'm saying in a church that will not speak about the hard issues, in a church that's a little bit timid, we don't get to see the transformation after the salvation. Timid churches don't get to see people set free from gender dysphoria. Timid churches don't see women set free from the shame of an abortion that they've had because they're too afraid to talk about it. So the woman who deep in her heart knows that it was wrong is never presented with an opportunity to get set free in the name of Jesus Christ. Listen to me, I'd rather be bold and take some hits online. And by hits, I mean like, I'd rather be bold and have people abuse me online every now and again or or, or even to my face. I'd rather be bold, take some hits so that one more woman can experience the liberation that comes into her life when love and truth are preached together. It takes a bold church to see lives transformed. And a bold church can only stay bold if you all get bold. Or if you all be bold. If you all stay bold. Amen. Because you're the church. I'm not the church any more than you're the church. We are the church. Can I get an amen? I'm the pastor. Yes, God called me and to lead this church and anointed me and gifted to me and speaks to me. And, and that's just the role that God gave me within the church. You're the church. I'm the church. We are 
the church, amen? And we need more than just a bold lead pastor. And we need more than just a bold staff. We need a bold congregation if we want to keep seeing lives transformed. We need you to be bold too, amen? Now I want to show you from this text what you need to do if you want to be bold. Because listen to me, I'm not interested in just surviving. I don't want to survive. I'm not interested in just maintaining this church. Oh, we want to maintain it, right? I'm not interested in just enjoying my nice, comfortable life, although I I live a nice life, but I'd rather burn it down that one more would come and experience transformation in the name of Jesus, amen? I'm not interested in just maintaining a comfortable life, trying to maintain a church so I can maintain my income, so I can cruise another 25 years and then cruise through my retirement. No, thank you. I don't want to maintain it. I don't want to survive it. I want to thrive in it, and I want to crush the enemy. I want to take ground for the kingdom of God. Can I get an amen? I want to, I'm sick of trying to fight the devil at my gates. I say it's time we fight the devil at his gates. Amen. See, Jesus said to Peter that he will build his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Did you know that? Jesus said that I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Listen to me, the gates are not an offensive weapon, they're a defensive weapon. I don't know about you, but I've never seen a soldier go to Iraq or go to Vietnam or go somewhere to war and take their gates with them. Right? No, the gates are where they're at. We're taking the fight to where he's at. When we stand firm on the word of God and preach the truth with love and grace, come on, the gates of hell shall not prevail. We ain't fighting in my driveway. We're fighting in his driveway, amen. We don't have to sit back and watch the devil destroy families, destroy marriages, destroy kids, confuse their imago day, the image of God that they carry in the beginning. Come on, confusing them in gender and this new uh, kind of transformed woke theology. No, we don't have to sit back and watch our gates get knocked down. If we're bold, if we stay bold in the truth, we can take the fight to his gates. Amen. We're not victims. Oh my gosh, my gate. My gate got knocked down. This church is not the church that's sitting around feeling like a victim. You know, oh, we're victims because we got smashed by the enemy, and you know, and the, the world the world doesn't like us anymore. Why is the world so mean to us? This world glorifies this idea of victimology. Like it's cool to be a victim. Some of the church is doing it too. Oh my gosh, they're so mean to us. Look, when Facebook blocks us, we just tell everybody, they blocked us. Someone go punch them back for us. By the way, they blocked us again today. <laughs> you notice every time I'm preaching a message like this, we get blocked on Sunday morning. They listen Sunday night and they're like, oh no, not Sunday morning, right? Like, Come on, I don't know what they're doing right now, but they blocked us again. And they, they, they use the rights to the music as an excuse. Like, yeah, um, we've told you 57 times and we've shown you the license number. We have licenses for these music. Leave us alone. But listen to me. The gates of hell shall not prevail. Come on. Oh, they're going to be like, oh, we're going to keep them locked in the room. Hey, guess what? Every one of these people's going out there after church. Come on, Facebook. What you going to do about that? Got a mute button for their body? No way, right? Come on. They put a virus in the system. No, I'm just kidding. Come on, the, the, the world, the world thinks it's cool if you're a victim, like you're superior. And if you're a victim, nobody can tell you you need to fix your life. Listen, you may have been a victim, but you don't have to be a victim. Now, I'm not saying you're, you're weak or you're this or you're the worst because you someone victimized you or stole from you, robbed you, killed something, did something. No, no, I'm not saying that that's okay. I'm just saying you may have been a victim, but you don't got to be a victim anymore. It's not cool to live there. That happened to you, but you're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. Get up. Get up. Stop living like a victim. Oh, my gosh. Look, it happened. There is power in the Word of God and the Holy Spirit in your life for you to get up. Amen. 
Jesus said that his gates, the devil's gates, won't prevail against our attack. So we aren't going to sit back and be the church that acts like we're victims so oppressed. Oh my gosh, no. That ain't me. That ain't this church. It doesn't have to be you either. You can take the fight to the enemy in your house. And in our church, we're taking the fight to the enemy. It's time to be bold and it's time to be strong. And it's time to be courageous, amen. They shut down our face. Oh my gosh, we're going to have to be sit down, shut down. Oh no, no, no. We will get past it, all right? We will get past it. In fact, let me tell you the best way to get past it. Online church is lazy. If you ain't sick and you don't live more than 30 miles from here, all right, we'll move on. Stand up and take the land God promised your family. It's time to stand back up. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. Amen. I need to relax a little, don't I? See, we're still coming down from hot topics, right? We had hot topics for like a whole month. And I'm, still on the, I'm still on the come down from that, you know? So, so cool, 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 cool. I ain't relaxing. Listen, it's time to quit being a victim. Stand up for victory. We're on the winning team. Stop sobbing like you're on the losing team. Stop hiding like we gotta hide. We gotta hide. We gotta make sure one of us survives. No, we're at the devil's gates. That's why it's so hot. Cause they're his gates. That's why the enemy's everywhere. Cause we at his gates and we're gonna knock it down. Amen. Come on. But I do need to focus on my points now. You ready? Now, I've told you, I'm going to tell you again, I'm talking about you. When I say I, I'm pretending I'm you, all right? I have to be bold. If you want to knock down his gates, you have to be bold. I have to be bold. Someone say it with conviction. I have to be bold. See, everybody wants the pastor to be bold. They're like, oh, look at that guy. Oh, look at the band. They're so bold. No, no, no. No, I have to be bold, but also... I have to be bold. You have to, like out here I. Not just the guy up there or the gal up there or the singer or the worship pastor. No, no, no. I have to be bold out here. Say it. I have to be bold. I have to be bold. Come on. I have to be bold. I have to be bold. Come on. We got to be bold out here too. No, we can't. We're not going to have, we're not going to take ground from the enemy with one dude or one chick up here being bold. Ain't going to do nothing. He said, get me beat up every every single day. Already happening. But we need to be bold together, amen? Come on. I have to be bold. We all have to be. Oh, everybody loves a bold pastor. Oh, my pastor is bold. I love how bold my pastor is. Have you seen my pastor's Instagram? He's so bold. I have people... I put, look, I got an Instagram thing going on with the things I post on there. And I'm not mean, you know, like to the point, but I'm not mean. At least I don't think so. I've prayed over it. But some stupid things are stupid, just, you know, just saying, right? Pastor's got such a bold Instagram. People mess it. I put these posts up that people consider to be bold. Things like this. Everybody's welcome in church, whether you, you know, like whether you got a mask or not. I'm like, to me, I thought that was just like, like normal for like thousands of years. But now it's bold, you know. And, uh, you know, but whatever it is, it might be about marriage. It might be about gender. Might be, and people be like, oh, they private message me like, oh, pastor, I love what you wrote. That's so good. I love what you wrote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't like it. I, I got a private message. Because like people are like, I love that my pastor's bold. Private messaging me? What? That ain't going to win the lost. We're not going to win the lost with people private messaging their boldness to me. Hello. Come on. Right, like they're private messaging me about, oh, but I could never do that because people might get angry at me. Oh, you think? They get angry at me, right? Be nice if they were angry at a couple of other people, right? Like not just me, that would be nice. Like instead of just private messaging me that you agree, how about you put those clap hands on that post? 
Stop being afraid that somebody might know that you actually believe what's in the book. Come on. Can I get an amen? And now from those who didn't say amen, can I get a nope? Right, good. If we want to see more, then we need more bold people. Boldness on the stage ain't going to cut it. We need boldness out. Now, don't get me wrong. We talk a lot about love. We need love too. But today I'm talking about that boldness that y'all need. God told Joshua, be strong and courageous. It's a command. He said, I commanded you, be strong and courageous, for I am with you. Too many Christians would be like, courage is just not my gift. Sorry, I said, courage is just not my gift. Just not that strong, you know, just not that bold. I can't hear you. I'm just not that bold. What? I'm just not that bold. I'm just not that courageous. I pray God make me bold, and if he does, then I'll be bold, but I'm just not that bold. Listen to me. He didn't say, I'm going to make you bold. He said, be bold. He didn't say, I'm going to make you courageous. He said, be courageous. Here's a, here's a truth bomb for you. Courage is not a feeling, it's a choice. You don't feel courage. It's just like when God said, love your neighbor, he wasn't like, hey, as you walk past your neighbor's house, I want you to feel butterflies in your tummy. And when you walk past your neighbor, I want the love to just go, just a butterfly out of your tummy and out your mouth as you yell out, love. To your neighbor, 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 as you go past. Every time you see them down the street, I want the butterflies to love my neighbor. No, he said, love your neighbor. He didn't say, feel love for your neighbor. He said, love your neighbor. (laughs) Love your neighbor when they got a Biden sign in their yard. My palms are sweaty. Love your neighbor when they got that Trump sign in their yard. When I walk past that Biden sign, I just don't feel the love. No, listen. Love, choose. He said, choose to love your neighbor. No matter what sign they got in their yard, they need Jesus. Amen. And they need people to, 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 to do love. Amen. And in the same way, God is telling you and me today, do courage. Do courage. You, you're not going to feel it until you do it. You may eventually feel bold, but, but you won't feel bold until you be bold. You won't feel courageous until you do courageous things. Can I get an amen? So I wonder what God's speaking to you about in your family. Let's just bring this all the way back to you and your life, not just the church, right? Well, I don't feel I got the boldness for that. Well, you got the Holy Spirit, so it's time to do boldness. You don't feel like you got the courage it takes to take that faith step that God told you to do? Well, you have the Holy Spirit, so it's just time to just do courage. Come on. Look, we need to be bold. You need to be bold. We need to be bold in our relationships, bold in our marriages. Men, you need to boldly pursue your wife. Boldly go where no man has gone before. Every day of the month, every day of the week, every day of the year. Women, you need to boldly pursue your husbands every day of the month, every day of the week, every hour of the day. You need to boldly pursue them. We need to be bold and start tithing. Five amens for that one. You need to be bold in your generosity in the room and out there. Bold. You need to be bold in our miracle offering, by the way. Come on, we, we, we got some big things going on next year, and we need some coin in the bank just to prepare for the big things we're going to need next year. Just to prepare, not even to pay for them. All right? You need to be bold. Amen? You need to be bold telling people about God's love. You need to be bold in grace so much so that you get mud all over your face. You need to be bold in leading your family. Be bold in forgiving people. Amen? You need to be bold. But most importantly, you need to be bold in the truth 
bold in the word of God. In verse 8, God tells Joshua on the screen, right? So put it on the screen. In, in verse 8, God tells Joshua, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And check out what happens when you keep this thing on your lips. Then you will be successful and prosperous. Oh, the amount of people that say, oh, I can't like that post publicly because I'll lose my job. Listen, success that comes from taking this off your lips will not be success that blesses your life or your family. See, you can be bold about anything. You know why the world is where it is? Because we shut up for so long. We're not there just because, the, we're there because we were all like, okay, devil, you can have this one. No, that's our fault. People like me for seven years, afraid to talk about any of the issues we preached about last month. I didn't love it, but I did it. It's our fault. And if we want it to stop, we need to get bold. Amen. So you can be bold about anything. Murderers can be bold and courageous. I would, I would put it to you that serial killers are rather strong and courageous. I've never met a serial killer that wasn't. I've never met a serial killer, but I've never met one that wasn't bold. Well, I may have met one, but they haven't told me about it. <laughs> Liars can be bold and courageous. Abortionists can be strong and courageous. LGBT affirming churches can be bold and courageous. And by the way, affirming, I'm saying affirming the lifestyle. We love the person no matter what, right? Hindus can be bold. Mormons can be bold. Come on. But will those who know and love the truth be bold as well? <clears throat> will those who love the book be as bold as those who hate it? Come on, listen, he's saying we need to boldly stand for the truth, not just firm on the truth, but for the truth. See, on the lips, on the lips. See, we're not just standing on the truth, we're boldly declaring the truth, amen? Come on, they're on our lips. Keeping this book on our lips takes the fight to the enemy himself. Keeping this book on our lips pushes us against his gates, amen? And they shall not prevail. As I begin to close, God told Joshua two very important things. And so now with about nine minutes left, I want to give you my two points. Y'all ready? Keep this book on your lips. And that is where your success will come from. So first, keep this book on your lips. To keep it on your lips, you've got to get it in your heart. But meditate on it day and night. The time for being a Christian who doesn't know the word is over. You need to know the word. Because we didn't spend enough time in the word is why the world is how it is. I'll say it again. Because we didn't spend enough time in the word is why the world is the way that it is. And then the devil was able to come in and lie to everybody and say, did God really say? And trick everyone into believing that, well, it's not loving to tell the truth or whatever else. If you're a Christian, you need a Bible and you need to read it every day. Listen, you need to read this every day for you and for the kingdom. If you're a Christian, you need it. Go by, last night after church, I got Facebook messages from a, a young lady that went from church straight to Barnes & Noble and bought a Bible. I had one of those wet things fall out of my eyeball. One of those very manly tears that I talked about a few weeks ago. Listen, you're still saved if you don't read it. That's true. You are. But there is no way you can fulfill God's plan for your life if you keep ignoring His Word. You will not live in victory if you do not choose to get in the book. Get in the word for yourself. Pursue it. Obey what's in the word of God for yourself. Amen. So many people say things like, oh, if only I knew what God was telling me to do, I would do it. 
If only I could hear from God. If only God would speak to me. If only I could hear from God like Pastor Brian Houston hears from God. If only I could hear from God like, like Tammy hears from God. If only I could hear from God like, like, like Steve hears from God. If only I could hear from God like the pastor hears from God. Listen to me. You can hear from God. God has spoken to you. It's in His book. It's in the Word. Yes, yes, absolutely. God can still speak to me. When I've got the book over there, God can still speak to me. The Holy Spirit will still speak to my heart. Lead me, guide me, guide you. But so many people say things like, I'll be bold, I'll obey God, but He's going to need to write it in the sky. I need God to be clear. If only God would write it in the sky. Well, he's already written in the book that you should stop sleeping with your girlfriend and you haven't done that. So what difference will it make if he writes it in the sky? He already told you in the book, Old and New Testament, Jesus too, that you need a tithe and go beyond that, but you're not doing that. So what difference will the sky writing make? He already told you to love your neighbor, and you're not doing that because you don't like their political affiliation. Listen, what difference will it make? Maybe it's time to start doing the things God has already written in the book before He's going to write things in the sky for you. Hello. Because for some of us, if our obedience to this book is any indicator, our obedience to the sky writing will be exactly the same. He'll write it in the sky like you asked, and you'll be like, well, how do I know that was God? Well, you know this was God. Do it. Hello. Come on. He told you to stop cheating on your wife. Do it. He told you to be generous. Do it. He told you his plans for your life. Do it. Amen. He told you to love. He told you to grace. He told you to be bold. He told you to preach the truth. Hello. Listen, maybe those of you who are like, I can't hear from God, have already heard from God and have ignored it. So he's still silent now, waiting for you to do what he already said. Now, you might mess up and make mistakes, no doubt about it. But there's a difference between the person who says, I know God says to do that, screw that, I'm not doing it. There's a difference between that person and the person who says, oh man, it's hard. But God, my heart is open and I want your help to change. And I'm going to get in the book more and more and more and more and more that I would have the strength that I need to make that change in my life. God, help me. I may mess up, but thank God that God's grace sustains my salvation when I make mistakes. Amen. But if we want to start hearing from God, it might be time to get in the book and do the book. Amen. We need to get in the book. Declaring the word of God. Like Jesus said, it is written. Is this good? Come on. With four minutes left, my last point. <laughs> See, getting in the book, that's good for you. But you need to be bold with the book, and that's good for the world. Be bold with the book. Our success will come, your success will come as you're bold with the book. Keeping your job because you won't talk about Jesus is not the success you want in your life. Agreeing to garbage, to garbage science and garbage principles and garbage morality to keep your job. Listen to me. Can I tell you what I say about our church? Our church is built on the truth and we'll burn it down on the truth if we have to. <laughs> if that means that in 10 years, in 50 years, in 60 years, 70 years, Preaching the truth is so uncool that it gets burnt down. Get, get your marshmallows. We have in s'mores. That's also why next year we're going to talk about a really bold thing we want to do with the building out the front. A we want to do a debt-free building out the front. We'll talk to you about it next year. We want to be bold so we ain't beholden to their needs, values. Amen. But we'll talk about that later on. But be bold with the book. If you want power in your life, get in the Word. If you want to hear from God, get in the Word. You know, Scripture actually says the Holy Spirit will remind you of things you've read in the Word. 
at the time you need to know that. Want joy? Get in the book. Want peace? Get in the book. You want to see your church not just survive but thrive? Get in the book and keep it on your lips. Would you all stand up with me? Man, land in the plane. Whew. Can I tell you, if your Christian walk, if your Christian life has not taken any boldness, has not need, if you don't need any courage to be a believer, you might be doing it wrong. And I'm telling you right now, the time for timid Christians is over. It was never really here. We just made it here. The time for timidity, it's gone. There are young people being, having the absolute snot confused out of them. There are people doing the most ungodly things. And it may seem nice just to be like, okay. No, I want to see their lives transformed, that they would live in the favor of God. And we need to get in the book, and we need to keep the book on our lips, amen? Now, don't get me wrong. Scripture does say truth and love, 100% important. But we're not struggling with the love bit. Not in this world. Not the church, anyway. We've got to do that truth and love. Amen. I want to pray for you right now. If you feel convicted, and, I'm, and then I'm going to hand back to Pastor Laura right after this prayer. And then if you want prayer in your life for anything going on in your life, come down the front. All right? You need healing. You need a financial miracle. You need your marriage, your family, uh, workplace, anything, body, mind, any, whatever's going on in your life, we want to pray for you. Scripture says lay hands on the sick, they'll be healed. And we believe that... that, that um, a pandemic didn't change that call from God. So, so we will lay hands on you and you will experience God's power, okay? But what I want to do right now, though, is I want to just see, is there anyone in the room and you feel convicted by this word? One of two things. You need to get in the book. Maybe you've done one, not the other. Maybe you've done the other, not the one. But there are people in the room who you feel convicted by the word. Not ashamed, but convicted. I need to make a change in my life. We need to get this, listen, can I tell you, we need to bring the book back into our, back to our fireplace, back to our nightstand. You need to get rid of this phone book because you have it on you all day. I don't even know where my phone is. There you go. Do I have it? Nope. Who knows where that went? Oh, it's in there. Cool. We carry that thing everywhere, but we don't seem to open the book in. Ah. We need to get back to this, honestly. You need to get back to this. Why? So when you wake up, you see that on your nightstand. When you sit by the fire on that cold, wintry morning, you see this by the fire. You see it on your kitchen bench. We need to get the book into our families, into our lives. Some of us need to, you've been convicted, I need to get in the book. Some of you have been convicted that, oh, well, I'm in the book. I need to get the book on my lips. I need to bring the book back to my lips. And if that's you, I'm going to pray for you in a minute. And I want you all to respond together, okay? And I'm not going to get you to close your eyes. Last night, like, at least half the room put their hand up, so I know you ain't going to be alone, but, but I'm not going to be like, close your eyes and respond to this altar call to be bold. No. <laughs> Just be bold. If God's convicting you on the count of three, lift up your hand. One, two, three, go. Let's pray. Let's pray. Reach out your hands all the way up. Because I believe that we, we want to surrender to Him. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for your grace that sustains our salvation even when we're disobedient. We thank you for your love that never leaves us. We thank you that you'll never forsake us, God. We thank you that no matter what we've done, no matter how little we've been in the word and no matter how little we've spoken about it, you still love us. You still have plans for us. But God, together, God, we just repent for ignoring this book. God, those of us who have ignored it, God, we just repent from, for ignoring your heaven-sent letter to us. God, every one of us, we open up our hearts and we say, God, we want to do what's in the book. God, we want to know the book. We want to know the truth. We want to get set free by the truth. 
And God, we commit ourselves before you standing in church right now. God, we commit ourselves. We will get in your book. And God, we will put the book on our lips. God, we, we are done being timid. We are done being afraid. We are done being afraid more of the world than we are of the destruction in the world. God, we're done with that and we commit to you right now in this place. We're going to get in the book. We're going to meditate on it. We're going to know it. We're going to get it in our hearts. And God, we commit to you. We're going to get it on our lips. We're going to speak it out in power in the name of Jesus. And we will see more people saved, more lives transformed as this book, as this word of God, as this book is on our lips. And God, I ask that for each and every one of us, as we be bold, as we choose by the power of the Holy Spirit to step into boldness and to be courageous, that God, we would begin almost immediately to see the fruit of the book in our lives and our families and our communities. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen, amen. I want to tell that there is someone in this room where there is a problem in your family. And I'm telling you now, the answer is not just in the book, but it's the book. Amen. God bless you. Come on, give the Lord a shout of praise. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, please check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, be sure to go to myeternity.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at myeternitychurch. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps. Thank you.